to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. The start of the college basketball season is here. We got a little ACDC back in black to kick us off. It's Mike Randall here with Gus Kearns, the Screen the Screener Podcast Year 2, Gus. We're off and running. Happy first day of the season. Happy first day of the season, listeners. Mike, we need to... We need to acknowledge some 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 landmarks. We need to acknowledge some some posts. We need to acknowledge we are over 100 podcasts. Yes, that's right. On the right. screen, the screener college basketball podcast. We, we 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 passed the number a while ago, but I think we need to let the listeners know, like we've been at this for just about a year, and we have given them over 100 podcasts total. So, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to all of those podcasts. That's amazing. As a former math person, Gus, year two for Screen the Screener is going to be exponentially better than year one. We exponentially. Appre- we appreciate all the support out there, everyone who's been with us from the beginning. Year two, we're coming out. We're refreshed and replenished. Let me tell you, we have the team preview series, which Gus has been doing fantastic. Gus is grabbing teams. I'm grabbing teams. we got a lot more to come, so hang on to that one as well. We got our website now, www.randallrant. Screen the screener tab is there. Not only do we have the tab, Gus, we also have our rankings. Listen, I love that you're putting out your rankings for everybody to criticize, and I love that everybody's going to compare both of our rankings. And listen, you may ask, like, why does Mike have 25 and why does Gus have 32? 25 is like the traditional number. We're not traditional. Okay, we're, we're not trying to give you what you're expecting. 32 is the number to get you to the weekend games in March Madness. If you win a game in the tournament, you get to the weekend games, and that's the final 32. So that's why we gave you a final 32 and a top 32 leading into the season. So we're not traditional here at the Screen the Screener podcast. We're trying to give you just what you need and just what you want. Don't hold us down, folks. Don't hold us down. We do what we do. We're here. We're bringing you passionate college basketball talk. We're kicking off the season. We'll have a bunch of things in store for you here. We have, we're going to talk about Rob Doster's interview. I don't know how we got him on the podcast, Gus, but we got him. Listen, you don't know how we got him on the podcast. I know how we got him on the podcast. People enjoy good podcasts. Get, guess what you're listening to, people? You're listening to a good podcast. Rob Doster tuned in. He liked what he was listening to. He wants in. You know what? Somebody else is going to want in next, and we're going to get that person to talk to us next. Mike, great get by you. The Rob Doster is fantastic, and Rob himself was on point with so many things. I think we need to get into that right away. Yeah, we'll get into that. we got a couple of things. Gus going to give you his All-American teams, his Final Four. we got a lot of stuff, folks. And again, please, if you like what you hear, go to iTunes, screen the screener college basketball podcast, five-star rating, and a comment. That's how we grow. That's how we get better. You can even join our website, our Patreon community. If you want to just throw a couple shekels in per month, we got a bunch of stuff we're giving to you. A Screen the Screener podcast t-shirt. We're giving you an extra private podcast per week if you join. So, folks, we are growing. We're ready to go. Gus, it's the first one of the college basketball season. Let's get into it. What do you say? You talked about the reviews. We just need to start off with a couple of ahoys, okay? Number one, we need to give an ahoy to at kbecker21. You know what she said on her review on iTunes? Quote, Gus is my homeboy. Are you joking? (laughs) We'll take it one fan at a time. We appeal to different people. One fan at a time. 
That is fantastic. And then we had another review from DC on the Warpath. They said, knowledgeable, fun. These guys rock it. Insightful on-spot commentary. Entertaining delivery. Just as fun as watching the games. Keeps you wanting for more. We just wanted to say thank you to both of those reviewers. If you like what you're listening to, people, please jump on. If you put a review up there, Mike and I are going to read it out loud on the podcast and give you some props. So props to K Becker 21 and props to DC Warpath. Thank you for the kind review and the five stars. Cheers. All right. So, Gus, I guess we got to start with Rob Doster. So we had the Rob Doster interview yesterday. You guys heard it here. Great. I mean, just a fantastic basketball guy. One of the leaders. I mean, NBC don't get much bigger than that. Had some fantastic things to say. Very interesting, Gus. Gus, what was the first time that you fell in love with college basketball? I talked about mine with the Villanova there with the 1985. He talked about his with Ray Allen. I still believe, Gus, that Ray Allen's foot did not hit the ground. I don't want to to think about that. I want to think it to be a, a great shot there over Georgetown, win by one. What was the first game you can remember where you fell in love with the sport? All right, listen, I'm going to go very deep on you guys here. On my CYO team, from first grade until eighth grade, our uniforms did not change colors. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. Okay. Our uniforms for our CYO basketball uniforms were Carolina blue. From first grade until eighth grade until we started playing high school basketball, where Mike and I crossed paths in high school basketball. Because of that Carolina blue, that's right. I purchased the Converse yes, weapon shoe That's right. in Carolina blue. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if it was a James Worthy model or, or, or what it might have been. But I remember, in my, and, and of course, in my room, I had the Converse weapon poster with Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, uh, Kevin McHale, and I believe, uh, who am I forgetting from the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, Mark McGuire. Yes. on that poster as well. So due to... My CYO affiliation, I was a Carolina fan growing up. And guess what game I got to stay up late to watch in Carolina Blue. That's right. I got to stay up MJ? and watch. Was it MJ? MJ game against, against Georgetown. My mom let me stay up late. I got to watch my team that played in my colors. That's all I knew. I didn't know, like, Ewing. I didn't know Jordan. I didn't know... John Thompson, I didn't know Coach Dean Smith. All I knew was color, and I knew that that team was my color. And when that guy made that jump shot with 17 seconds to go, that was it. I was in. I I was bought in. I said, "This, this, this sport is a sport for me. This team is the team for me. And I am a Carolina fan from there on out. So I have had an allegiance to North Carolina Tar Heels due to my CYO affiliation and color choice from first grade. Gus, that's a tremendous story. I remember that commercial. In fact, I think we have it right now. The Converse weapon. That's a shoot. That's magic. Do what he was born to do. Maybe so, but that's not all. They let Isaiah play like he's 10 feet tall. Or the kind of moves that never fail. The weapon's the choice of Kevin McHale. The same is true for Mark McGuire. When I wear weapons, I'm on fire. Well, what can the weapons do for King? Well, I can do just about anything. You already know what you did for me. What? I walked away with the MVP. The Converse uh-huh. weapon. The number one weapon in the NBA. Amazing. Oh, God. YouTube's a great thing. Gus, two things I took away from that commercial. Number one, Bernard King, very under the radar, does not get the credit he deserves. And how bad is Kevin McHale at rapping? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Listen, he's a great broadcaster. Terrible rapper on that commercial. And I'm sure he was, you know, phenomenal head coach for the Houston Rockets. Terrible rapper on this. And and Bernard King. I mean, can we just say like one of the most underrated NBA players of all time? Can we can we just throw that out there right now? He was incredible for weapons and moves that'll never fail. I'll never go to James Harden because he's not a leader. <laughs> So that was my story. So let, let, let's jump into the let's, let's stop okay. the We're Doster off. stuff. Yeah, Doster right? was great. Uh, so so many things we can go with here, Gus. Uh, first one that jumps off the page. We'll get into this in a little bit. Listen, yeah, uh, he obviously he likes Seton Hall because I was listening to some of their their podcasts there. NBC do a great job there. The uh, NBC College Basketball Talk, and they like Seton Hall, but he yep. loves Villanova. Obviously, I guess right. You know what? It's interesting because. I feel like after we talked to Jeremy and, and, and on our, our team preview series for the Seton Hall. Oh, yeah. and, and Jeremy he, Snyder, yep. Yeah, and, and he and he mentioned uh, you know what Angel Delgado said, and, and, and he made his prediction. I, I don't know. I, I think people are getting a little giddy about Seton Hall. And it's interesting that he championed Villanova. And I think Villanova falls into the same category as Kansas in the Big 12 and even Gonzaga out west. Where like until you dethrone them or beat them in the conference tournament or, or or take their title outright, you know, and St. Mary's has definitely challenged that and 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 beaten them in the regular season and even won a conference tournament outright and and you know Seton Hall has won the Big East tournament a couple of years ago outright and, and got that automatic bid. So like there there are opportunities for these teams, but I still feel like. That Villanova and, and and Gonzaga to a certain extent are on the Kansas level, where all right until you, until you totally knock them down and they go down a bunch of pegs, like they're still the team to beat. So I think that makes sense. I wasn't arguing that, and I think I just took like the Kansas argument there, and I was like, yeah, I get it. It makes sense. And then the other one that jumped off the page, of course, is he's kind of with me. I sensed with the North Carolina, and I dropped North Carolina. Yeah, I, you know, and that was before Gus Joel Berry broke his hand. I mean, I understand the theory that the other players are going to get experience, so I I, I right. do buy into that. But I I think North Carolina's a little high, man. I got the feeling that that Rob was with us. No, no, I, and I think that makes perfect sense. Let, let let's take everything into account there with North Carolina. Again, we just I just talked about how like I'm a big North Carolina guy. You know, CYO uniforms, uh, Converse weapons, so on and so on. Look, Joel Berry is amazing. If they don't have Joel Berry, they go from being a top fifteen ish team to being like not in the top twenty five. It's very simple. I don't think there's any argument on that. So, like, if he's not going to be around for a month, I think there's total validity to the argument that they're going to struggle. Like, sure, is it great that Seventh Woods is going to get uh, some experience? Yeah, absolutely. Is it is it is it important that is it important that you know more more players are going to get more touches? Yeah, absolutely. But in the reality, like, if you're running a top 15 or even, you know, borderline top 10 or even like, you know, let's go back, get back to the final four type program. And you don't have your lead point guard. Like you're in trouble and they're going to be in trouble. And I know like, you're going to say like, Oh, well, it's nice that other people get more touches, but let, let, let's just call it what it is. This is an issue. And it's going to be an issue until he comes back until, until he's fully healthy. So I'm totally on board with the let's, let's pump the brakes on the UNC because until they get their best player back, they're not going to be that good. 
Yeah, in Gus, listen, Seventh Woods, great name. Okay. But, and names can help. I believe that. They, I, I should do a thesis on that. But folks, if names were all that matter, then Sam Sword would have been the best linebacker in the history of the NFL when he came out of Michigan. So Seventh Woods, cool name. Don't quite know if he's going to be able to step in for Joel Berry. Uh, another one, Gus, that jumped off the page. Of course, I can go on about Michigan State. We'll save that for later. Gus, are you that confident that Louisville? is still going to be good without Rick Pitino and no Brian Bowen. He seemed to like sort of, you know, mention, oh, you know, Louisville, they got a lot of talent. Uh, they do have a lot of talent. Okay. Dang Adele. Okay. I don't know if he's a guy who with a first year coach and a program that's pretty much in chaos right now. I don't know about the uh, whole some of the parts thing. How are you on Louisville? Here's where I am with Louisville. And it's really simple. Number one, you're losing potentially now, I'm not saying he's definitely. I'm just saying potentially. Potentially your best player in Brian Bowen. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Take that off the table. Number two, you're losing your Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame already. You're losing your Hall of Fame coach. You're replacing that potentially best player with another bench player. You're replacing that Hall of Fame coach with Dave Patchett. That That's fine. All of those things are fine. What do they have in place already? They have Quentin Snyder at point guard. Dang Adele on the wing. They got Ray Spaulding as a small forward slash power forward. And they have Mahmoud inside to defend. They got VJ King on the wing to create some opportunities. So is the talent there for Louisville to succeed? Absolutely. That starting five or that five that we just named can match up with almost any five in the nation. I'm not concerned with that. The concern I have is, where do they go from there? Where do they go after that? Where do they go with foul trouble? Where do they go when there's a crucial coaching decision that needs to be made? Need to be made? Where do they go when practice goes awry? Practice? Talking <laughs> about practice. Sorry. Always, forever, now and forever. So... I'm with him on the misgivings of Louisville, but I'm saying, like, look, I know they have a talent. I love Quentin Snyder. We championed Quentin Snyder on the, on the podcast last year, and we'll champion him again this year. I think he's going to be one of the guiding forces of this team and one of the reasons why this team finds success this year. But if you have to find success through losing one of your top players and losing your Hall of Fame coach, that, that map gets really messy, man. That map just loses its compass. So as much talent as there is there for Louisville, and we just named the talent that's there, I think that that compass to success is going to get a little hazy. You know, and how about him too? We're talking about some under-the-radar teams. Uh, yeah. you, of course, you at Florida Gulf Coast, Nevada. How about him? How about him with Montana State? He said, "Listen, I, I, let, like, let's just stop. Let's just stop it right there. Are you ready? Okay. We put out on our hashtag SDS Notebook sixty eight, and we're trying to go through sixty eight. Yeah, why did we pick sixty eight players? Because there's sixty eight teams in the tournament. People, we're trying to be numeric here. We're trying to give you some logic. We're trying to like buy in and get you guys ready for the tournament." We're going to go more than 68, right? Because Mike and I both have our basketball minds flowing. So we're going to give you more than 68 with this hashtag SDS68. Uh, hashtag SDS68 notebook. Uh, and and if, we, if we talk about Tyler Hall, 
guess what? The conversation has to go to Steph Curry. The conversation has to go to the best shooters in college basketball history. The efficiency that that, this guy operates under are numbers that include the company of Steph Curry. So I don't think it's crazy for him to talk about Montana State as this like under the radar team. Because if we remember, if we go back to Steph Curry's prominent year and the, the year that put him on the map at Davidson, those guys make the Elite Eight with, with playing with Curry. And if Hall can just have like a counterpart just like that, there's no reason why Montana State can't have the same exact run, maybe make a Sweet 16, maybe make Elite Eight. I get it. I understand it, and I totally appreciate it. And I think more love needs to go to Tyler Hall and that conversation of like, oh, this guy shoots like Steph Curry with Steph Curry efficiency. I say continue that conversation. I think that's awesome. I think more conversation needs to be had in the college game about that as opposed to people getting arrested in China. Yeah, I can't get into it. I, I just can't get into it because I, I want some positive stuff here. So I, we're not going to get into China. I don't want to get into Georgia Tech. I Somebody, am with you. Let's keep this on the up and up. You, you, don't, you don't call somebody for their birthday and so all of a sudden then they turn you, they turn their back on you and snitch. I mean, it's <laughs> that ridiculous. Was a great line he, in the interview with Ro- he, Rob Ross. <laughs> I mean, Gus, you didn't give him a car. Okay. I mean, he gave him like 200 bucks, 300 bucks, whatever. It pl- enough. Like he's going to, he's going to hurt the kids. He's not going to hurt pastors. It's just ridiculous. But uh, a couple, a couple things here I'll throw at you, Gus. And first, Rob Doster was great. We Thank Rob for coming on. We appreciate it. Does a great job. Really, he was the best. He was really incredible. We really thank Rob. Unbelievable job out of him. Yeah, follow him. Listen to his podcast. It's great stuff. Uh, two things I want to throw at you that I've been I've been sitting here going in my mind, and I, I can't get away from like storylines. If you want to talk about the beginning of the season, the first the first one I mentioned to him, and, and I want to get your reaction on it, Gus. I'm sorry. But John Calipari has a much better track record with getting these freshmen to buy in and accept lesser roles and all of a sudden become a great team. No one's talking about Kentucky and everybody's talking about Duke. My first one is, are we sure that Coach K can deliver with a freshman dominated team? And I mentioned this to Rob a little bit. 2,991 total points last year, Gus. Only 582 Mm -hmm. points returning. That's 19.4%. And again, I will run through how they've done the last few years. And if you notice, there's only one team that had all the freshmen. 2009-2010, they beat Butler for the title. They had Shires as as a senior, Singler and Smith as juniors. 2010-11, they lost to Arizona in the Sweet 16. Kyrie Irving was great. He was hurt for most of the year, though, keep in mind. Right. Nolan Smith, Singler were seniors. They also did a great job. 2011-2012, they were two seed, lost to Lehigh. Remember C.J. McCollum? Totally remember that game. Austin Rivers was a freshman, had a solid but not a great year. Seth Curry not was great. junior transfer. Ryan Kelly, Mason Plumley, right? 2012-2013, Seth Curry's a senior. Mason Plumley, Ryan Kelly, Quinn Cook, solid team. 2013-14, Jabari Parker. We watched that game yep. together. Got sure knocked, did. got uh, knocked out in the first round of Mercer, I think it was. Okay, so there's another Very situation. Good. Freshman, he was gone. Rodney Hood was a sophomore in that team. 2014-2015, Okafer, Cook, Winslow, Tyus Jones, championship, tremendous year. But Tyus Jones wasn't really a massive impact guy, Gus, until the tournament. So it's not right. like he carried them. It was really Okafer, Winslow, and Cook was very, very solid that year. 15-16, Grayson Allen was a sophomore, had a great season, 21 points per game. Ingram was a freshman. Kennard, Emil Jefferson, Matt Jones. What Didn't they lose to Oregon? Was it Oregon? Nice, it nice team made the Sweet 16. Yeah, nice team made Sweet 16, right. 2016-2017, we're talking about that team. Last year, of course, they lose to South Carolina. Kennard, sophomore, Tatum, a freshman, Allen. So now, Gus, we're looking at everything that's gone on. We've already had Duval, O'Connell, and Tucker, who were suspended, 
because of missing classes. That's not a good start. And oh, nope. by the way, Gus, their leader's Grayson Allen, who <laughs> isn't exactly Gandhi. Am I wrong? I have a lot of questions about it. I know Marvin Bagley's great. I get it, Gary. Trent, the whole thing. Wendell Carter, fine. But are we should they be number one in the country by most polls? Can we can we bottle up the comment? He's not Gandhi. Can we please do that? that can we just can we just refer back to that? I think we just found our title. Season? I think we just found our title. Grayson Allen isn't Gandhi. I mean, what are we even talking about here? I, like, oh my goodness! Sorry, just, so, you know sorry. what I mean, Gus? Like this isn't Frank Mason leading you. You know what right. I mean? You know what I'm saying? Right. So let me let me dig into this a little bit, Mike. You did a great job outlining this. Like it, it makes perfect sense. By the way, number one, we, one of the things that Mike and I were going to talk about on this particular podcast for, you know, all, all the stuff happened. It was like a, we had a couple of over under numbers that we we're going to talk about with you guys, but we maybe we'll do that later. And one of the over under numbers that we were dealing with was number of players suspended or ruled ineligible <laughs> leading into the season. And the number was like, you know, a reasonable number. And now at this point, it's take the over because every single institution is going to err on the side of caution and suspend any player or rule them ineligible until they got their S figured out. It seemed, it's ridiculous, right? Like, like Goldbier and, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Duval are rooted eligible for Duke. And how many other schools are going to do this? It seems like every school is just going to like say like, okay, this person's player X is ineligible for the next two games because we cannot figure out if they've had, had unpermissible benefits. Like it, it, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And everybody's paranoid. So I'm going to take the paranoid paranoid number and take the over on people being suspended or ruled ineligible it's crazy G- gus you talk about those suspensions you know doc holiday just walked in doc how you doing i'm your huckleberry doc's here gus because people pull the trigger on the suspension now since the fbi investigation about as fast as he pulled that gun so doc we appreciate you stopping by the podcast all right i'm sorry go ahead so let's get into this duke thing right i'm with you now let, let let's not let's not go crazy and like crown Calipari as like the absolute king of dealing with freshmen. Because if we look back and look back upon that team where Noel got hurt, I mean, they lost in the first round of the NIT to Robert Morris. That is not like a Kentucky situation that you want to get into and rehash. So it's not like he has a pristine document in the past of dealing with freshmen and getting them to success. No, well, it, listen, it, right. no, Gus, no one's it? perfect, man. But in his time in Kentucky, two Elite Eights, two Final Fours, title runner-up and championship, that's better than Coach K. I'm just saying there is volatility here, I think, and I think that's your point. Your point is saying, like, look, we cannot bank on Duke being Duke or Kentucky being Kentucky. We cannot bank on this due to the volatility of the freshmen involved. And – we're banking on one upperclassman to help them out. And the upperclassman that we're banking on is the king of volatility. So I agree with the statement like, let's let's pump the brakes on Duke because Duke has all of these talented freshmen. You you name them all. We got Trent on the wing doing his thing inside. We got Washington inside, like banging around. We got, you know, we got Bagley like doing everything on the planet, right? Uh, we have Duval running the point. But then you have Allen, and that's the question mark. Is he going to be a leader? Is he going to be the example setter? Is he going to be the person that people are going to follow? Are are his footsteps the footsteps that we want this program to follow in this year? 
I don't know. That's a big question mark. So I'm with you on the question mark on Duke. And when you go ahead and pick your final four, I don't know if you can pencil them in there. I'm with you on that. Duke is going to win a lot of games. And Rob Doster was talking about this. Whether there's up and down, they're going to win a lot of games. Gus, they have a cake schedule in the ACC also. Let me explain that. They got Florida State once at home. Thank you very much. Notre Dame once at home. Virginia Tech twice. Fine. UNC twice, of course. But they got some teams at home there. So I think they're going to be a high seed. I just wonder if it's going to come together as it needs to and if people are going to accept their roles. Calipari has had some bad years. I understand that. Well, not bad, but he he hasn't always right. been Final Four bust, right? But he made that team, that Carl Anthony's Towns team, all buy in. And he's going to get these guys to buy in. And I am not so sure. After we saw the Harry Giles train, you know, crash and burn, all right, last year, that we can just assume that this team is going to be an automatic Duke has a lot of talent to Kentucky. I am not buying that. I need to see it. I'm Missouri. Let me see the talent. I understand on paper, Bagley, dominant. I get it. But I want to see it first. And then if I see it, we talk about it as we get into it, we'll go from there. But I, I think it's not as easy, Gus, I guess, as saying Coach K, Hall of Fame coach, maybe the best ever, a lot of talent, Final Four. No, I, I'm totally with you, too. I don't think it adds up either. And I'm totally with you on the Calipari part when you mentioned that Cat team. I mean, Cat is a first-team All-NBA player. You know what he averaged that year? He averaged 10 right. points a year that year. And he, yes. and he, and he made yes. that okay. He had an All-first-team NBA player average 10 points a game on an undefeated team going into the tournament. That's insane. That's unbelievable That's coaching. Yes. So the, I, I agree that Calipari has a great beat on this and has these guys buy in and has them invest in the program and what they're trying to do. I also think that Coach K does that. And I think Coach K has the caveat and he has the cachet of saying, yeah, I've won multiple gold medals. I've won multiple gold medals with NBA players. I've won multiple gold medals with LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade and players that you look up to. Here's what they did. You need to copy that. I think that I think that blueprint works, but at the same time, Calipari has had more success with it. Hot take coming here. If I needed someone to coach in the NBA and get success, I'll take Shashevsky any day of the week over Calipari. How did New Jersey Net, New Jersey Nets work out? But Gus, in terms of relating to the mindset of the kid today, I agree. Let's see I, what happens because Calipari's proven it. Mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying, and if he had to coach the Cavs, it's not even a debate. But Gus, you talking about these young kids and getting them to buy in? I'm sorry, Calipari's got a better record than Chashevsky does. Let's I agree. See I, I I think it's a valid argument, but I also think all this speaks to is is the absolute unbelievable volatility of, of 17 and 18 year olds. That's all it does. That's all it is. Like, you know, who knows who went to a party? Who knows who broke up with their girlfriend? Who knows who like, you know, failed the paper that day? Who knows who had a bad, like there, there, there's so many variables here that even with great coaching, a 17 or an 18 year old or a 19 year old, there's so much that they have to control and so much that they have to like contain, even they can't do it. And if they can't do it, nobody can. Here's my second one, the thought that's been buzzing around my head here. I'll get your reaction on this. So Steve Lapis goes out and Jay Wright comes into Villanova, right? Hey, did you see my suit? I got nice suits. Okay, all right, babe. 
A little Dennis Miller, Jay Wright, same voice, so you pay attention. Hey, Beb, like my suit? All right, 2001-2012, Jay Wright, NIT quarterfinals. We'll just keep going. Then NIT first round, then NIT quarterfinals, then NCA Sweet 16, then NCA Elite 8, then NCA first round, then NCA Sweet 16, then NCA Final Four, the Scotty Reynolds yep. team against yep. Pittsburgh. They're up in the garden, got in the Final Four. NCA second round, NCA second round, nothing in 2011-2012, and then NCA second round. Okay, so Gus, now the Big East realigns, and it gets shredded, and Villanova's left by themselves. So like Rocky did after his first, after he won the title there against Paulo, he started fighting all those easy Tomato fighters. cans. Tomato cans, thank you, well done. So they go 16-2, 16-2, 16-2, 15-3, Gus, and the four seasons since the Big East is realigned, Jay Wright, 29 and 5, 33 and 3, 35 and 5, 32 and 4. NCA third round, third round, the championship, right? Jenkins, Jenkins, and then NCA second, second round. Here we go, Gus. Villanova's history with Jay Wright, to be objective, is filled with big NCA tournament disappointments sprinkled in with a final four trip in 2009 and a championship in 2016. He's had sustained success. He's done a wonderful job, but I'm being objective. Jay Wright does a great job. He has a sustained success. But is this team going to be good as those Wildcat teams of the past? They talk about Spellman. He's an unknown. Gus hasn't played a real game in two seasons. Okay. They, they love, they love Bridges. Okay. And by the way, Gus, this one slipped by the radar. Did you know there were three defensive players of the year in the Big East last year? I mean, what are we going to give 12? I, I mean, we can't decide one. It was participation Kyrie trophy. Of Creighton. Right. Bridges of Nova and Josh Hardnova. Folks, we can give it to one guy. Make maybe a decision, two, people. but Come three on. is ridiculous. And Gus, this is sort of a, a tipping point for them. He's a big spotlight guy. Jalen Brunson, who's 14.7 points per game. We all, we all know he's about the efficiency. Gus, he is the leader of this team. Uh, the, the NBC podcast I listened to talked about him being potentially first team All American. I think that's insanity. He's got to shoot more. He only took the third most shots in the team. And I am not so sure that Jalen Brunson is 18 points per game. Bridges needs to step up. Phil Booth has to prove he's better than a 5.7 point per game player coming off the injury. Dante DiVincenzo is now a starter. I understand that, but let's take it easy. And Eric Pascal Gus is a poor man's Raleigh Alkins. Is this team really going to win the Big East this year? I'll take the field. What do you say? Take the field as well. That a boy. Here's why. When you're playing, and, and, and can I just jump in on a couple other things that you mentioned there? You mentioned all of these numbers that Jay Wright and Villanova like accumulated. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like a starting pitcher just accumulating wins for their Hall of Fame career and, and candidacy. Or, or maybe Burt Blylevin. How's that? Ah, there you go. Well done. That's yeah, what it well, sounds like to me. Good. Excellent. It sounds like they just took advantage of like playing DePaul twice a year and, and playing St. John's when they were down yep. twice a year and just accumulating those wins. Folks, take a look, take a look at Burt Blylevin's plaque. Take a look at Burt Blylevin's plaque one day. Read it to yourself. Okay, I'm sorry, Gus. Knows. That's why I brought it up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> so let's get to this year's Villanova team because Mike, you bring up a great point. Okay, when we are going to talk about great teams, it's pretty simple, people. Who's your stud? Who's the guy that you are going to look to for a basket? Guess what? Oregon last year. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. He was the stud. He was the guy that you were going to go to for a basket when you had no other place to go and the offensive broke down and you're going to look to coach and coach is going to shrug his shoulders and he's going to say, give it to that guy. Villanova have that guy? I don't know. Could Bridges be that guy? Sure. I mean, could Brunson be that guy? Absolutely. Do we know that yet? Nope. 
that's my question. And and Josh Hart was a a incredible an incredible player for them, a mainstay. Yes. Gus, I don't know how Spellman's going to be. Like I said, uh, Pascal is not Rolly Alkins. DiVincenzo, Booth, Bridges, a lot of question marks here. You're going against uh-huh. a Trayvon Blewett led Xavier team. You got the fight. You got the fight in Ed Cooley's, which I've totally stole from Seth Greenberg now that he's on the podcast. <laughs> later. Uh, they got, they got always steal, steal, steal. Uh, of course, always give credit. You got, you, they got those seven guys back. Seton Hall, real good, as good as a four team, four horsemen there, I'll call them, as anyone in the country. Marquette on the road is tough. I think they lost last year, didn't they, Marquette? Did Marquette beat Villanova at home last year? I think Can they I mean, do you remember that game? Yeah, our, our, our buddy Matt Pizarris was at that game and told us that that game was insane. Insane. So I, I'm with you. That, I think it's it's questionable. Those are a couple thoughts in my head. I'll have more that come through my brain, guess, but just those two my, came in. My last thing on Villanova. Ready? Let's go through the final four teams last year. Ready? Okay, let's go Gonzaga. Best team, uh, best player on that team. Mike, who was the best player on that uh, Gonzaga team? It was Nigel Williams Goss. Gus. Correct. Let's go to let's go to Oregon. Who was the best player on that team? Uh, best player. Oh, I'm gonna say uh, I, I I was gonna say Brooks, but I'm gonna say Tyler Dorsey. That's what I'm going. Sure, almost- sure. I'm good. With- I'm totally good with that answer. That Most points fantastic. in the tournament, by the way. I bet uh, Doctor Tony knows that as well. Correct. <laughs> <Correct. laughs> nice. Uh, South Carolina, who is the best player on their team? Sindarius Thornwell. <laughs> Fantastic. And let's go to North Carolina. Who's the best player on their team? Joel Berry. Ready? Villanova have anybody that good on their team this year? Survey says. The jury is out. We don't know yet. <laughs> so if we're going to say Villanova, oh, you got to put Villanova in your top four? No, you don't. No, you don't. You do not. You, didn't, you don't even need to put them in your top ten. Because we don't know if they have somebody as good as those four players. Well, I'll tell you this. They're not making my final four, that's for sure. All right, folks, we'll take a quick break. We'll pay some bills, and we'll come back with Gus's All-American teams. Let's get into some picks right now. And before we get to your final four, Gus, you're going to give us your All-Americans. Now, folks, if you did not listen to the podcast last year, Gus and I had a pretty strong uh, way of predicting pretty, pretty strong results in predicting the, the All-Americans. Frank Mason, I'll pat myself on the back. I know you had, you had some big ones as well, Gus. Who, who was the guy you had? You had some big time. I know, no. I, I'm the only person that said Caleb Swanigan should be an All-American. Yeah, that's just insane. I am that's the only insane. person that's that said insane. that. That's insane. Totally insane. Right. Uh, but, Gus, let's go through your All-American teams. Why don't you give them to me, third team, second team, first team, however you want to do it, and then I'll do, I'll do a rapid react, right? Give the people your, your, your All-Americans. I'll give mine next week, and I'll give a rapid react here. Go for that it. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm look, look, we'll do yours next week. I'll set you up. Uh, and then I'll react to yours. So here is my third team, All-American, for the 2017-2018 season. Third team, we're going to start with two freshmen. We're going to go with DeAndre Ayton from Arizona, and we're going to go with Michael Porter from Mizzou. I think those both of those players are going to be importantly and impactful for their team's success. I think Ayton is going to help Arizona possibly get to a Final Four Again, there's a little cloud of uncertainty over their program and the team. And I think Porter is going to – I can't wait for Missouri to be in that first four game that Tuesday or Wednesday and have Porter have the absolute spotlight on him. I think it's going to be awesome. And I think Porter's going to average over 20 points a game. I, I can't wait. And if you're going to compare uh, DeAndre Ayton to somebody, you know what we never say? And the reason we never say it is because this player was one of the best players in basketball history, DeAndre Ayton is a little bit of David Robinson. 
Like, when's the last player you compare to David Robinson? Can you can you think of one? A special I, guy, special guy. I, I can't. Like, I think I'm comparing him to him. The rest of my third team is going to be Jalen Brunson from Villanova. Look, I think he's great. I don't think he's first team All American great. I think he's third team All American great. So we're going to put Jalen Brunson, DeAndre Ayton, Porter from Missouri. I'm going to put Marcus Foster from Creighton. I'm going to show a little Big East love there. I think he's going to challenge Trayvon Blewett for the scoring title in the conference. And I think he's going to lead Creighton in the right direction. And how about this? How about this for a third-team All-American? How about Alizé Johnson from Missouri State? Wow. I think he is going to average a double-double. I think he's going to lead Missouri State to a Valley title. And I think he's going to lead Missouri State to the tournament. And I think people are going to notice him. People always love watching the Valley basketball. They love Arch Madness. And I think they, since uh, since uh, Wichita State has departed, I think they're going to have their focus somewhere else. And guess what? Alizé Johnson is going to be their focus. He is my fifth member of my third team All-American. So just to review, I got DeAndre Ayton and Porter from Mizzou. I also have Jalen Brunson. I have Marcus Foster and, of course, Alizé Johnson from Missouri State. Missouri, that is my third team All-American. Mike, quick reaction from that? Fascinating, Gus. A lot of thoughts here. Mostly, I think you're on the money. Jalen Brunson, third team, is exactly right. That's a good call right there. He is not making first team All-American. That is absolutely absurd to put him anywhere near there. I think third is just right. Michael Porter Jr., that's reasonable. He's going to have to score a lot. And he's going to have to put he up will. like a Ben Simmons-like performance. But I think Kwanzaa Martin knows he needs to let him do that. So I think that one is good. DeAndre Ayton is an interesting one. You know, I think Arizona is the hardest team to handicap. Is, totally. Is Ayton going to get enough to get third team? Is Trier just going to go bananas and go first team? Is Trier going to get anything? So I don't know if there's going to be multiple Arizona guys, but there could. But I, that one I'm not sure of. I don't see Marcus Foster. I like it because last right. last year, listen, he's got to be like a Markel Fultz, right? Because Creighton right. is in a really tough Big East. That's going to be tough. He's got to have a Markel Fultz like like reaction. Markel um, season Fultz was third team, so certainly there's a path for Foster. That I get. I love the Alize Johnson one, man. It's just yes! tremendous. It's outside the box. It can absolutely happen. It's very clustered right there. Do I think if you put a gun in my head, he's getting on? No, no, but I love it. I love what you did. I think it's the right call. And by the way, one other thing for Aiton to throw in there, you know, Larry Markkinen had third team All-American all last year. So certainly there is a path for Aiton there. Overall, Gus, I really love it. I love the way you went with it. Alizé Johnson, I'm going to root like heck for him. I hope he freaking gets it. But Brunson, Porter, Aiton, Foster, Alizé Johnson, very outside the box. I like it very much. You're going to get... Just generic stuff if you go to other places. When you come to Screen the Screener, you are going to get the outside-the-box thinking that you're just looking for and that, that will require you to pay attention to a couple of other things. Let's go to the second team, All-American. Now, Mike, if you like the third team, you're going to love the second team. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Okay. First place we're going to go is one of your caveats, is one of your heartaches, is one of your... Oh, come on. Uh, if, uh, that's right. It's Jacques Landau. Oh, dear Lord. 
the, the girlfriend parents. I just can't dump. Oh, no, nope. you're not going to dump him. But you know why? Because he's going to be second team all America. Uh, he's going to put up giant numbers. He he might just average a double double in the West Coast Conference. He's going to lead St. Mary's to an unbelievable year. He's going to lead them to over 30 wins. Jock Landell, second team all American. Lock it up. I need, to get, I need to get a drink. I need to get a drink. <laughs> Mike will be right back, guys. He's going to go to the refrigerator. <laughs> He's going to help himself. Uh, while he's doing that, I'm going to talk about Marvin Bagley third. He is going to be my second member of the second team All-American for Duke. I think it's possible that he could be first team and he, he just might be the best player in the nation. Uh, I think that there's too many athletes, there's too many scorers, and I think the scoring is going to be too spread out and uh, allocated on Duke where he's not going to get the numbers that are going to put him on that first team. But I think people are going to realize and appreciate how talented he is and put him on the second team. So give me Marvin, Marvin Bagley, uh, Marvin Bagley from Duke on the second team. Uh, I'm going to put Alonzo Trier here as well from Arizona. You mentioned like, can there be two Arizona guys? Yes, there can. Again, this is really tricky because the cloudiness that surrounds Arizona is is, is, is a little tricky right now. Uh, but I'm going to put him there. And then my last two guys, I think you're going to be like, oh, my goodness, are you kidding me? And I can't even believe I heard that. That's right. I'm going to put Vince Edwards of Purdue oh, on dear Lord. Oh. team. All-American. Lock it up. He is going to be on an All-American team this year. Purdue is going to be amazing this year. He is going to lead the charge. You are going to eat crow. And people are going to recognize Purdue as a basketball powerhouse. Vince Edwards, second-team All-American. And the last player on my second-team All-American, I think you'll just smile at and say, yeah, that sounds about right. How about Jalen Adams from St. Bonnie's? Oh, I love it. I love the call. Oh, do I love that call. Right? I mean, how big of numbers is he going to put up? He's going to put up over 20 points. He might average 10, he might average 7 assists. He might average 4 boards. He might average 2 steals. The guy's going to put up crazy numbers. If St. Bonnie somehow finds him into the tournament, guess what? He's going to be All-American on one of these teams. He just might be first-team All-American. I'm going to put Jalen Adams on my second-team All-American. So to review, we have Jalen Adams from St. Bonnie's. We have Vince Edwards from Purdue. We have Alonzo Trier from Arizona. Marvin Bagley III from Duke. And we have your nightmare slash headache, Jacques Landell of St. Mary's. Mike, reactions to the second team All-American. Well, Gus, the first thing is I'm glad you recapped it because right after you said Jacques Landell, I went upstairs and got this. Okay, so I actually went up to the fridge. I didn't hear half of what you said. I came back in on Vince <laughs> Edwards. I'm sorry. So, uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Jock Landell, Augusta, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on St. Mary's bandwagon again. It's it's like my college girlfriend who you knew I broke up seven times with. So I, I can you can see this one coming again. You know, really nice girl in college, nice girl. Okay, good person. Okay, same with Jock Landell. Okay, but so this is just a disaster waiting to happen. But I love it. Gus, Vince Edwards ain't sniffing an All-American team. Oh, I'm telling you, we I, are going to fight on this oh, all We're going to fight. We're I mean, going to be wrong. I'm going to be right. Gus, 12.6 points per game isn't getting you on the All-American team. But fine. I, I, I respect the call. You're a Purdue guy. Somebody's got to get on there. It's fine. I would have felt better if it was Carson Edwards. It's fine. Marvin okay. Bagley, listen. I, certainly, you got to picture a Duke guy getting on there. Just like Kentucky last year, Gus, Malik Monk made it. He was second team. How De'Aaron Fox, by the way, didn't make an All-American team is beyond me. I know he got hurt, but so certainly a Duke guy's got to get on there. So I think Marvin Bagley is certainly reasonable. Alonzo Trier, 
you know, gosh, some people think he should be first team. Some people think he's going to disappoint and be third team. So I think second team's a safe play. I'll probably yeah. end up putting Trier somewhere, maybe a third team or something. So I think right. that's reasonable. Well, but you must think Arizona's going to be good then because you got two guys in there already. I, I, I do, but that doesn't mean they're going to find more success. And the other one, too, I love, like you said, Jalen Adams. Tremendous. Oh. Folks, no one had Jonathan Motley on their second team All-American radar, and he was last year. So overall – uh, here, cheers to Jock Landell, my friend. <laughs> cheers. All right, so my first team All-American is pretty simple. Uh, it, it, it's pretty straightforward. And I don't think there's going to be much, many qualms with it. You can find a qualm maybe with an injury, uh, but I'm, I'm sticking with it. First team All-American has to start with Angel Delgado from Seton Hall. Love it. Angel Delgado is going to put up Biggie-like numbers. Biggie was in the conversation all year last year for player of the year. Forget about first team All-American. That was an, a gimme. I think Angel Delgado is going to be in the same conversation that Biggie was last year. I don't know if he'll reach player of the year conversation type status, but I think that it will be a no-brainer by the time you look at his numbers and you look at Seton Hall's success throughout the season that Angel Delgado will be a first team All-American averaging a double-double, perhaps averaging 14 rebounds a game. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's out of the I don't think it's crazy that we're predicting that he's going to lead the nation in rebounding just like he did last year. That that that's not an, an outlandish uh, request. Let's stay in the Big East for my next first team All-American selection. I've loved this guy since the first time I saw him play. He put up giant numbers in the tournament last year. I think Trayvon Blewett from Xavier is going to explode and go crazy and average over 20 points a year this year for Xavier. And I'm calling for Xavier. I'm calling for the Xavier guard swingman slash uh, small ball four to be first team All American. Trayvon Blewett. No first team in anybody's predictions does not include Miles Bridges. So Miles Bridges from Michigan State, guess what? You're on the first team All-American in my book as well. Dude's going to put up big numbers. Michigan State's going to find unbelievable success, and he's going to lead the charge. He's going to be the best player on the floor. He's going to dunk it. He's going to shoot from three. He's going to be really efficient. And he's not going to mind sharing the spotlight with his teammates, which is a totally underappreciated uh, characteristic of him as a player and a person. And I think as the season rolls out, more people and more folks will appreciate how unselfish he is as a player and as a person. My final, uh, my two final spots, one spot is hampered by injury, but I think he'll come back and make it happen. You know how much I love Joel Berry. You know how much I love Joel Berry III. I think he's just going to put up crazy numbers. I think he's going to be unbelievably efficient. I think he's going to get all the touches that he wants, and I think he is going to be first team all ACC, and I think he's going to be first team all American. Joel Berry the third from UNC, and my final first-team All-American position. If you're not making an All-American team with Bonzi Colson, you're doing something wrong. If your first-team All-American team does not include Bonzi Colson, then you are not making a legit 2017-2018 season uh, All-American team. Bonzi Colson from Notre Dame. So to review, my first-team All-American for the 2000, 
2017-2018 season is going to be Angel Delgado of Seton Hall, Trayvon Blewett of Xavier, Miles Bridges of Michigan State, Joel Berry of UNC, and Bonzi Colson of Notre Dame. Mike, reactions? Love Angel Delgado. I don't know if he'll make first team, but he's close, and I think that's fantastic. Trevon Blewett is tremendous, Gus. I, I think Xavier could win the Big East, so certainly I see a path that Trevon Blewett could could absolutely be first team All American. Miles Bridges, I'm not going to comment. I would have taken a number one in the draft last year. I mean, so I think you know my thoughts. I don't see how Joel Berry gets there, man. I, I think Joel Berry at his best sometimes flakes out. I think he's a big game player, but sometimes, yeah. you know, he just has those low performance games. So I feel True. like he's De'Aaron Fox. Could he be great at the end of the season? Absolutely. Can he drop 30 in any night? 100%. Yes. But he's injured. It's going to put him out of people's minds. And he's not the type of guy who comes back and shoots 25, scores 25 points, which is a compliment. He gets players right. involved and makes them better. But an All-American sort of thing I, I think is tough. Is he All-American talent? Oh, sure. 100%. And Bonzi Colson, I love. A great call here. Great job all around. And I'm going to applaud you for two that you did not put on and I was ready to unleash wildfire if you oh, did no. but you I did not I what, love what it too? I love it that you didn't put them on because I've heard them on everybody else's team I think it's ridiculous folks Ethan Happ is not an All-American okay he got third team All-American last year I predicted that okay so you I, did. I was very you happy did. about that but this is a different year you got you have Northwestern, Michigan State, Purdue. You know what I think about Michigan. Minnesota, by the way, is Wisconsin right. going to be in the top five? Is Ethan Happ scoring fifty? Is he Kevin McHale in the Converse All Star commercial? The answer is no to all those questions. Okay, so Ethan Happ is not sniffing any All American teams. Sorry about that. And by the way, can we relax on the Devonte Graham is the second coming of Frank Mason conversations, Gus? Frank Mason was a special player. You know, Graham used to play point guard in high school. I don't really care. Devontae Graham is a feast or famine, very volatile type of score. Now, could he transform his game and have a very solid season? Yes. Yeah. He's not sniffing All-American, especially first team. Maybe a third team. Maybe. Absolutely not. So I applaud you. Delgado, Blewett, Bridges, Barry, Colson, Gus, and no Hap and no Graham. I thought for sure you'd put Hap on there. I'm so happy to hear about it. That is a solid All-American team. Look, it was fun putting it together. I can't wait to hear yours next week when we when we revisit it. It was unbelievably fun trying to like figure out who am I going to take out, who am I going to put in. I'm going to tell you right now, I think I had – on my notebook, you know, because we, you know, I, I use in your, old in your notebook, notebook. You have the backup center for Weber State. I mean, so right. that, I mean, you right. got everybody in, in the notebook. In the old school notebook, I think I crossed out Hap and put in Aiton. So I, 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 I feel like Hap was in the mix at Thank least. God. And then I removed him from the mix. So I, I, I think you're right on. I mean, you know, if we're going to make a fourth team, maybe we throw Hap on that. If we, if we make an honorable mention list. Honorable mention, uh, sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that makes sense. But I think there's too many question marks for Wisconsin early on. And again, is he going to score 25 a game? Is he going to pull a, Gian a, a, a Giannis Antetokounmpo and like go crazy? Like, no, I don't think he is. He doesn't have that skill set yet. Uh, is he working on that skill set? Absolutely. But I, I think it, it's totally reasonable. And to talk Graham a little bit, I'm with you on the Frank Mason comparison. Frank Mason had a lot more cachet coming into this season than Deontay Graham did. And 
like you mentioned on multiple podcasts last year, Devontae Graham is very streaky. There's no getting around that. Like, he could go seven for nine from three, but he can also go 0 for five and score five points. Like, that's not a first-team All-American, second-team All-American, or third-team All-American. Maybe that will change this year with uh, added responsibility and, uh, you know, Newman helping him out in the backcourt. But, uh, yeah, I didn't see that either. So I, I, I was totally with you on, on the Graham uh, prognostication as far as uh, All-American status goes. They're almost using now that Frank Mason was such a great score against him, saying, like, Graham is a true point guard. Okay, that may be true. But, folks, he's not getting on the first team or second team All-American team. Uh, that's how Frank Mason got on, is he was single-handedly leading that team. They got Preston. They got Malik Newman. They got a lot of guys there. I think he's a wonderful college player. Wonderful. But I don't think he's going to make the All-American teams. Totally with you. All right, folks, we'll take a quick break. We'll pay some bills, and we'll come back with Gus's All-American teams. All right, and Gus, let's wrap it up here, man. Well, we can, we can go all day. This is the opening show. A lot of stuff going on. Gus, I want to hear it, man. Drum roll here. Who is Gus Kearns' final four teams for the 2017-2018 season? When we did this last season, our first Screen the Screener college basketball season. You killed between, it. You killed between, it. between Mike and I, in our, in our final four picks, we nailed three out of the final four. You got those two, though. You did a great job. Correct. Uh, like uh, UNC and Gonzaga, which weren't huge reaches, but you also threw in Oregon. So if you're going to listen to – in, you know, whatever, November or October, like, who's going to make the Final Four? This is the place to listen to it because we, we were pretty keyed in and we, we, we were pretty close to nailing it straight on. I mean, after all, Gus, Seth Greenberg calls this the Soothsayer podcast. Uh, didn't he also call you a guru? <laughs> guru, yeah, Oregon. Love it. Oh, because Baylor. Uh, but we know how that happened after Alpha Undefeated Pie. Boy, they crushed it. Uh, listen, the Alpha Undefeated Pie was an unbelievable podcast. I mean, the, the fact that there was a secret code word to get into Alpha Undefeated Pie was amazing. Yeah, this year I'm going to tell you, by the way, it's going to happen all year. It's going to be Michigan State. But we'll get into my preview next week. Go ahead. All right, so you know what? We'll just start right there. I'm going to throw Michigan State as well. Like, I think if you're creating a Final Four, much like if you're creating a first-team All-American and you don't include Michigan State, it seems like you're just reaching or you're trying to be out. You're, you're trying to do something that nobody else is doing. You're, you're trying to be different. Listen, I'm not trying to be different here. I'm just trying to be right. I think Michigan State's going to make the Final Four. Let's put them in there right away. They're going to have the best player on the floor. They're going to have an unbelievable point guard. They're going to have a great wing player. They have an unbelievable freshman coming in in Jackson who's going to be a difference maker down low. And then they have Ward that's going to do all the dirty work that you need somebody to do to make a deep run in March. Michigan State, lock it up to the Final Four. If you're not if you're not putting them in the Final Four, I don't know what you're doing. Okay, the next three, yeah, they're not for the faint of heart. They're not the run of the mill. The next three... For my final four picks, kind of fall in line with a little bit of my All-American picks. They've been knocking on the door all, all, all their career. Ready? You hear it? They're right there. They've been there. They've been that close. Guess what they're going to do this year? They're going to walk right through and make it. The Xavier Musketeers are going to make the final four this year and represent the Big East. Trayvon Blewett is going to be a beast exactly the same way he was last year in the tournament, except his supporting staff 
is going to give him a little bit more. They have the required bigs down low. They have the excellent stud that they're looking for in Blewett. They have a uh, they have a uh, solid point guard in Goodwin. They have an another additional player in Mikura. They have everything that you need for a Final Four team that is looking to make that jump. And they have a tremendous coach at Chris Mack. Guess what? This year, Chris Mack gets the monkey off his back. Just like Dana Altman for uh, Oregon last year, just like Mark Few last year, they make the Final Four. Give me Xavier into the Final Four. So we have Michigan State. We have Xavier. We got to put an ACC team in there, right? We got to put a Duke in there. We got to put a UNC in there, right? Maybe a Miami, if you're thinking. Uh uh-uh. uh. You know who's going to make the Final Four? It's going to be Notre Dame. Wow, I love it. I love it. Notre Dame has shown the penchant to play unbelievably well in March. They have made multiple Elite Eights, and they've lost close games to unbelievably powerful teams in those Elite Eights. This is the year that Notre Dame breaks down that barrier and makes the Final Four. They have one of the best players in the nation in Bonzi Coulson. They have an unbelievable point guard in Matt Farrell. The biggest question mark and the thing that they need to answer is who's going to be that big. Is it going to be Gevins? Is it going to be, uh, is it going to be Mooney? Is it going to be uh, Durham? If one of those guys or a combination of those guys can play remarkable down low, Notre Dame will make the Final Four this year. They have Gibbs to help out on the wing. They also have Harvey, the freshman, coming in who will help on the wing. And they have do-everything Fluger that is a difference maker on both ends of the floor. Notre Dame is your third member of the Final Four. And guess what? Somehow, this movement of the Big Ten tournament is going to help out. They're going to be rested. They're going to be refreshed. They're going to be replenished. Coaching staff is going to get into the, into, the, into the practice floor. School their guys. Get them ready. Get them prepared. That's right, Purdue's going to make the final. Oh, (laughs) God. Matt Painter is the next coach to get that monkey off his back, and he is going to make the final four. They have the required excellent point guard in Carson Edwards. They have the absolute stud on the wing and down low, Vince Edwards. They have the big man, Haas, down low to take up some space, and they have shooters all around the perimeter. To be a difference maker, you need a characteristic that is going to define you in the tournament. Their definition is going to be making shots around great players. To review, my final four is, of course, Michigan State. If you don't make a final four without Michigan State, you are making a mistake. I am going to say Xavier is also going to make the final four, led by Trayvon Blewett, followed by Notre Dame. Coach Bray and Bonzi Colson is going to make the final four, and then Purdue. And my second team, All-American, Vince Edwards, is going to make the Final Four. Mike Randall, what do you say about that Final Four? I, I think I have to drug test my partner. <laughs> this is over. Uh, Purdue with the donut in the middle. I mean, Isaac Haas, is he going to get through a, court, uh, a half a basketball without traveling on a post feed? I, I can't. But I give you credit. You have stuck with them. You are staying with them. Gosh, this will blow up in my face. This will be like Gonzaga last year. 
Uh, I love the Notre Dame one. It's outside the box. They got a big man. They got a point guard. They got experience. I also think right. the ACC, North Carolina is going to be down. I don't like Louisville there. Duke right. has some questions. So I think that's a really nice one there. Of course, you know my thoughts on, on Michigan State. Xavier as well. Blewett could carry him again. They could get a high seed. They've had the experience. They could be hungry. One game away last year. Yeah. Overall, listen, real solid. I, I don't see the Purdue one. Gosh, man, we're going to be so split on them. I think I got them fourth in the in the Big Ten, maybe lower. I, I just uh, – listen, I think Carson Edwards is special. I agree with that one. I'm with you. But he, Vince, he, he is. Yes. Vince Edwards is, is, is mediocre. I, I just – well, I, we 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 complete we agree to disagree. There. Oh, he is completely not mediocre. Oh my god! I just oh. well uh, overall though hey hey that's why we love it. That's why we do what we do. That's why we love the podcast, folks. We all we have different opinions. We bring it. We agree sometimes. We go against each other. I, I, by the way, I can't wait to blow you up on one of yours. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. Gosh, <laughs> I can't wait for the next week. I, I can't wait. We put St. Mary's in there. Am <laughs> I do it again? Maybe I'll maybe I'll do it again. <laughs> Lynn, watch, watch it be St. Mary's Purdue in like in like the Elite Eight. That'd be tremendous. <laughs> Landell's two fouls in the first five minutes. Vince Edwards has 30. Landell's got two fouls. Oh, that'll be outstanding. Yeah, talk about the zone in the middle. Haas is going to totally shut down. Oh, my God. Is Haas even starting this year? Oh, my God. Those are great, man. Listen, outstanding job. All-American teams, Final Four, the whole bit. Fantastic. Folks, this is just our opening show. I mean, gosh, we're just getting warmed up here. We got got more team previews coming your way. Imagine Let's, if there's actual games to play. I haven't been a game yet. The game. Right, hasn't even been a game yet. The Jalen Adams one is tremendous, by the way. What a great uh, call. Right. That was a call of the night. Uh, folks, if you like what you hear, please go to – we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're all over the place. Five stars and, and a review. We would really, really appreciate it. Gus will call you out on the podcast, of course. Follow us on Twitter, at SCS Podcast. Give us a tweet. Let us know what you think. Anything you want, stuff you want to hear on the show, you can email the show, sdspodcast at gmail.com. Follow Gus, C. Kearns 12, myself, at Randall Rant. We're all over the place. We love college basketball. Best time of year has started. Back in black, Gus. We got everything going. Cheers. Salancha. Gratulazzi, everybody. Please enjoy the start of the season. We love that we're sharing the season with you. Think we, think we get somebody to sponsor a beverage break next podcast? <laughs> yeah, if you're going to run to the fridge, that sounds perfect. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll see you.